Amen. All right, you guys, I am like so excited for what's coming next because we get to hear from the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> and I like, I was thinking about how to introduce him tonight because you could literally talk for like, you could use the whole time to list all the great things. But one thing that I kept thinking about, if you are familiar at all with the YWAM values, YWAM value 12, do first then teach. I, when I think of him, I think of this value because it's so clear. Like every time I've ever sat in a room where he taught, it's like you, the depths of you get inspired. Like everything in you is stirred to, oh my gosh, yes, what he's saying he has authority in and I have to act on this. I have to do something. And so I'm so excited. Would you help me welcome Michael Berg tonight? And I'm gonna pray for him real quick. Jesus, I thank you so much for Michael, and I thank you for, for what you've been speaking to him and just the way that you've used him so instrumentally in so many people's lives. God, I just ask that you would open our hearts right now, God, that they would be just ready for what you have for us, that you would use Michael to stir us and mark us for this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Amanda. Well, uh, introductions like that are always humbling, so I uh, appreciate that. You know, for those of you that are brand new in the schools, I just want to say welcome. So glad you're here. And you may be going, what in the world? You guys stood up for this guy? What's going on? Well, we do it for everybody because we're committed to a culture of honor, to honor the Lord and honor his people. And so we want to bless, you know, one another that way. So it's just it's wonderful. So glad you're here and really felt like we're to, to start with just a challenge, I think, from the Lord to be the kind of people that turn our world upside down. To not be passive, but to be the kind of people that turn the world upside down. And I, you know, I think of the, the passage in, in Acts where we're, we're told, I'm gonna read it here, Acts 17, six, though these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Would it be said of YWAM Orlando that when we showed up somewhere, the world got turned upside down? Healings happened, salvations occurred, a, a, a demonic bondage was broken off, a breakthrough happened in people's lives. Would that be the, the, the storyline of what God does when you show up? And I really believe that God wants to do that. I believe he wants to do it throughout the whole mission, through the body of Christ. But there, there was a day when, when YWAMers showed up that people went, whoa, God is going to do something. And what's that take? It's not because YWAMers are special. It's because God is special. And if we posture ourselves with a readiness for the Spirit of God to flow through, we can do His bidding. It's not about us kind of uh, being, being great or getting degrees or whatever we, you know, whatever we think. It's about actually taking the radical acts of obedience and move out with that. And uh, I think about this, most of you in these schools are probably from Gen Z. How many of you from Gen Z in the schools? Yeah, a lot of you there, okay? One of the things that I so appreciate about this generation is there's not very many of you that are lukewarm in your generation. They're either hot or cold. And in the, in the book of the Revelation, we have that whole passage where the Lord says, I'd rather you be cold or hot 
you know, but, and not lukewarm. And if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of your mouth, so out of my mouth. I want you hot or cold. And what we find is this generation is one or the other for the most part. And I'm perceiving that you that came here are white hot for Jesus. And you, you're, you're fiery for him. You're burning bright for him. And I believe it with him. And I believe God wants to show up in a powerful way. So how do you do that? How do we, you and I, how do we live in a way that turns the world upside down? Well, we apply a very famous passage to our lives. Galatians 2.20. Paul wrote a book to the Galatians. In an epistle, a letter. And in that, we have this verse. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son, Son of God. Is that right? Is that what it said there? Full. That, I mean, it's a little short verse, and it kind of sounds a little poetic. But you think, what in the world is that about? Well, it starts out with the one-step program of Christianity. Die. I'm not trying to speak anything negative about this 12-step program that's out there, but the, the one step toward freedom is die. Doesn't that sound pleasant? So I just can't wait. How about you? <laughs> and, and we go, you know, Paul, Paul I think, you know, he's, he's maybe a little off. You know, maybe we shouldn't have to listen to Paul. We should just listen to Jesus. By the way, the, the whole of the Bible are the words of Jesus. The, the inspired word of God, you know, and, and Jesus said, as we'll find out later, that he only, he said the things he heard his father say, and he did the things he saw his father do. They're one. It's one. So we, we find it, and Jesus does say this in Luke, uh, let's see, what, what, what chapter, Luke, did I'm down there yet? No, yeah, 9, 23, and 4. Then he said to them all, this is Jesus talking to all the people around there. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will save it. How do you die daily? This idea of dying, when you think, you think about somebody, you know, many of us have been to funerals here in the last few years with somebody we knew and loved and it was difficult, but they only died one time. When they were dead, they were dead, and they were gone. That was, you know, they, you know and they, they moved on, you know, to, to heaven or, you know, whatever their eternal destiny was. And, and we hope our loved ones are all know Jesus. But they die once, and that's it. And you and me, we're going to die once, and that's it. So what's this die daily business? How do we die daily? And this whole idea of the death he's talking about here is crucifixion, which was a gruesome, torturous way to die. I think, God, what, are you, what in the world are you saying to us? What are we supposed to die to? Well, one of the things we die to is we die to our selfishness. I've been at this a long time. Darla and I have been married a long time. We've been a YWAM a long time. We've been a YWAM 42 years. That's a long time. And one of the things I've noticed, whether no matter what team we're leading, no matter what team we see, no matter what marriage we're talking about, one of the major issues is somebody decided to get selfish. And it's usually somebody's, plural. And, you know, I found as, as a husband, uh, there are lots of things I do that I'd rather not. Not it, but I do them because I love my wife. And I gladly do those. But, but to be honest with you, when you're really tired, you don't feel like serving or doing anything like that. You feel like doing what pleases yourself. 
So I have to die to my selfishness. Now, I, and there's been many times in my journey where I've had to repent because I didn't die to my selfishness. Jesus was the only one that did it perfect. Or when we had kids. You know, they're all adults now, but when they were little, it was, there was lots of times we were going, uh, you know, we go home from somewhere and everybody else can kind of go crash and we're going home, you got a bath, you got a bath and you got to clean clothes and brush teeth and, you know, put them to bed and then they want six drinks and, you know, the bathroom breaks and all the stuff that happens when they're little. And uh, it's, you, you go, wow. Uh, you know, people go, yeah, I was really tired. I, you know, didn't get home till six. I go, well, that's when our work started, you know. But there's this, this dying to self. I've seen leaders that have uh, not been willing to die to self. God is calling you and me to die to our selfishness. That's, that's tough. What else are we to die to? We're, we're to, die, to die to our, our, our self-directed life. In other words, I'm not in charge anymore. I'm not going to direct. I'm not calling the shots. I'm so, you and the DTS will hear my story. I'm so grateful when I was led to the Lord. I was challenged that, that he, Jesus was not just my Savior. I'm getting a big echo here. Jesus was not just my Savior, but he was my Lord. He was in charge. So, you know, we have to say, God, we put you in charge. That's kind of scary stuff. This idea of dying, we're so interested in finding out what my gifts and callings are and what am I going to do and where, you know, you know uh, who am I, find myself and all that stuff. And, and the Lord's saying just the opposite. Don't, don't find yourself, lose yourself. And you go, what? Wait a minute. What, what are you talking about? This does not sound fun. And then uh, die to ungodly desires. You know, there, it, it wasn't until in my DTS where I actually saw my sin in a way that, that I despised it for the first time. Prior to that, it's like I, I knew I wasn't supposed to do some things, but I kind of liked them. And was looking forward to them. But I would repent later. It doesn't work like that. God wants us to set, wants to set us free. And this whole idea of, of dying seems tremendously painful, but it's actually tremendously liberating. C.S. Lewis uh, has, has a quote which I find very interesting here. He says, uh, give, give up yourself and you will find your, your real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Submit to death, submit with every fiber of your being, and you will find eternal life. I look for Christ, look for Christ and you'll get him and with him everything else thrown in. Look for yourself and you will get only hatred, loneliness, despair, and ruin. This idea of dying to ourselves is huge. Anybody want to get a, just a tablespoon of salt and, and eat some, a tablespoon of salt? Anybody just want to do that? No. It's a, Andrew said yes, okay. <laughs> It's, salt is such a strong flavor, and C.S. Lewis talks about this. If you just took a, a spoonful of salt, you're thinking, well, who would want to put that on any food? It would obliterate the taste of any food. But in reality, we know that salt tends to enhance the flavor of food, and in many ways brings out the real flavor. There's something about when we die to ourselves and we, 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 come, we submit to Christ, we actually discover the real us. We, we discover the fullness of how he made us. It's not even discoverable apart from Jesus. And so it, actually there's freedom and abundance in life when we die to self. Well, those kind of people are secure. They can move on, huh? So the, the, that's the first, the first truth. We must die. 
uh, and I, I talked about what it means to die. The second one is uh, we need to let Christ live in us. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. How did Jesus live? How did he live? You know, we see in that uh, John 14, 8 through 10, uh, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it will be enough for us. Jesus answered, do you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you are not just mine. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. How did Jesus live? He stayed intimately connected to his Father. And there's just uh, this, this life of, uh, of dying to self and, and being with Christ, it's, it's really not a drudgery. You know, all, all for your glory, some of these songs that we sang, it's really actually about intimacy. <coughs> we, we do all sorts of things that are sacrificial for somebody we love and we're intimate with. And as we grow in our intimacy with the Lord, there's, it's just easier and easier, not harder and harder, I believe. He said the things he, that he did, he saw, he saw his father do. He, he said the things his father said, he did the things his father did. That's what Jesus did. That's how he lived. So what, what about you and me? Well, we're to do the same thing. Be intimate with Jesus, saying what he says, and doing what he does. It's easy, huh? Thank God for his supernatural enabling power, his grace. Because none of us can do that apart from him. But he invites us into doing life with him. And in that place of life with him, we actually see liberation. It's just, it, it's, um, it's amazing to, to have Jesus live in us. In Matthew 19, 6 through 24. Now, a man, you know, when we, we live, let me, let me see. When we live with this place of intimacy, God often will, or periodically at least, ask us to do some hard things. And this, this man in, uh, in Matthew here, Matthew 19, 16 through 24, came up to Jesus and said, Teacher, what good thing must I do to ha get eternal life? All these things, I, and Jesus kind of said, well, here's, here's the law. And he kind of defines the law. And then, and then the guy said, well, all these things I've kept. Uh, the young man said, what, what do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect or complete, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And the dude walked away. Now, this is not a mandate for every believer, sell everything and give it all away. But it was for this guy. Because Jesus saw what was more important to this man in his heart than Jesus. And the Lord at times will ask us to do the tough thing. And I've just found that over the years, when, you know, if, if, we, if we say yes, we find joy in abundance in our life with him as we say yes. So the first truth is die to self. The second truth is live, uh, live for Christ, you know, live in him. Dio Moody was challenged with this very truth by a shoe salesman. The world has yet to see, the shoe salesman said to him, the world has yet to see what God can do through one man who is totally yielded to him. And Dio Moody decided, I want to be that guy. And he spent his life proclaiming the gospel and leading literally hundreds and hundreds of people to Christ because of his, his yieldedness to the Lord. And I remember hearing that as a young believer, and I thought, Lord, I want to be like that. I want to be all in. I don't want to be just, I don't want to be 98% in. I don't want to be 97%, 99%. I want to be 100% all in for you, which means I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything you ask me to do. 
Now, like any person along the way, you kind of re have to recommit yourself to those things. You go, oh, dear Jesus, <laughs> what did I commit to? But he's been so faithful. The things that we see around here are, are because of the greatness of God. And, and, he's, and he's called a group of people that have been willing to give them their yes, give him their yes. And God has shown up in a powerful way. God, God he's just, he's amazing. The third truth is live by faith in Christ. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Faith is critical. Just living by faith. It's basically, yeah, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. As we discern God's direction, we pick up the word, the Bible, and we read and we hear what we're supposed to do. We need to act on that in faith. May not make sense, but we, we do. When God speaks to us, we move out in faith. And how do you spell faith? You see on my, the slide's already popped up there. R-I-S-K, risk. Now, obviously that's not good English. But that's exactly what it feels like when God asks you to do some great exploit for him and you're getting ready to step out. When you read the book later on, it seems like it was so crystal clear and so easy because they, you, know, the, you, you, have to, you tell the story in shortened form and it just seems easy. But I have to tell you in the midst of it all, uh, per, at least for me personally, maybe I'm the only guy, I've gone, God, I, I think this is you, but I'm not sure, but I think it's you. And I take that step and I have a piece and I've gotten confirmation and all those things, but I still wonder, is it really you, God? You know, Lauren wrote that famous book, Is It Really You, God? It's because we ask, as human beings, we ask that question. I, I, I would love for her to be crystal clear, wouldn't you? God is more interested in our intimacy with him than what we do for him. He wants us to walk with him in relationship and with him in ministry. And, and I think sometimes that process, as agonizing as it is at times, is actually the very thing that draws us to himself that draws us to a deeper place of intimacy so how do we turn our world upside down well we do it by living the truths of galatians 2:20. for i've been crucified with christ and it's no longer i who live but christ lives in me in the life that i now live i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and delivered himself up for me he's the one he loved me so much that he was willing to die he loved you so much he was willing to die and he's saying come with me and live the same way and you go, oh, dear Jesus, what's that mean? It means I may go anywhere in the world. I, I need to be willing to give my yes to Jesus no matter where on the planet he's called. I am so thrilled that we have these eight teams out in nine nations. That is awesome. We're going where angels fear to tread. Where we can't mention the name of the country there because it's not safe to do so. We're going to places like that. And God is showing up and lives are being transformed, but it takes people like you and like me that are willing to give our yes to Jesus no matter what the cost. It's been like that since the beginning. The disciples in the beginning, when Jesus called them, it was a risk. But they gave their yes. The next generation of Christians, the early missionaries, the early martyrs, they gave their yes. And the, the gospel has advanced across the globe for generations. We have an opportunity in your generation, we could literally finish this task. We literally could. I mean, there, there are about half the world, over 3 billion, that, have, that really have no access to the gospel. And that 2.2 billion will, will live and die without ever hearing the, the, even the name of Jesus if somebody doesn't go. Well, let's not make that a possibility. Let's make sure that it's impossible for people to not hear the name of Jesus. Because we're going to every place on the planet willing to lay our lives down for his sake, for his glory.
Amen? So let, let's live this out. How do we do it? Well, we, we die. <laughs> we die. We die to ourselves. We submit to his lordship, and we make him in charge. We put him in charge. And then we live a life of faith, radical obedience, even in the face of great risk. Radical obedience really should be normal Christianity. It really shouldn't be radical. It should be so common among Christians, they go, oh, they're Christian, of course they're going to do everything Jesus said. Of course. Unfortunately, that's not true. Let that be true of us. Not, not as the only Christians on the planet that do that, but let us be one example of that, some, you know, uh, and bring joy to the heart of God as we walk in that kind of radical obedience. So as we close tonight, I would ask each of us, we're going to, the worship team will lead us in a song, but just to consider before the Lord, is there somewhere in my life that I need to, to die again? Is there something by your spirit you're putting your finger on my life that I need to just, just die to, give up? Is there some area of my life where I need to resubmit to your lordship, your kingship, your rulership in my life? Is there somewhere in my life where you've called me to take a step of faith and I haven't? <coughs> and I need to do that. You know, you who have come to these schools have taken a step of faith, but, but that, that doesn't mean you're done. <laughs> Just the beginning. You know, you've been on a journey. And God is going to continue that journey. And it's going to be filled with steps of faith, spelled R-I-S-K. But the wonderful thing is you're not alone. He shows up. We look at, you look at this campus, and we've got a long way to go. But I used to say it was a miracle we made it this far, and that just isn't true. It's probably thousands of miracles. Every time we've taken the next step of risk, and it felt like it was going to fall apart. We were just talking today in a meeting and how, the, how different people along the way, professionals in the business, have said, I didn't think you would make it. I said, well, if it was up to us, we wouldn't have. It's a, it, but because of God, we're here today. Because of God, things are advancing. Dare to believe God and watch the great exploits he could do. You haven't even begun to discover the fullness of your personality, the fullness of your destiny, the purpose of God. Well, how do you go, how do you know that? You don't even know me because I know God. And God loves you and has an awesome purpose and plan for you. And as you fully yield to him, he is going to, exp he's going to expose and, and bring to light the fullness and the abundance and the beauty of your life in him. So Lord, we thank you. We ask you, let's go ahead and stand together, please, if you don't mind, and I'll pray for us. Lord, I just trust you to lead us. As we begin these schools this quarter, as we begin this new year, let's, we, we come to you with a fresh commitment to your lordship in our lives with a fresh commitment to, to die to our selfishness, to live for you, with a fresh commitment to live lives of radical obedience, live lives of faith in you. So Lord, search our hearts and just show us, is there anything we need to, to respond to, any, any business we need to do with you? In Jesus' name.